Podcast One production. Your morning agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 28th of January. Urgent testing is underway in New Zealand after two more cases of a highly infectious strain of COVID-19 were confirmed. Earlier this week, a 56-year-old woman tested positive to the South African variant after completing her hotel quarantine. The traveller had previously tested negative twice. The two new cases had stayed at the same quarantine hotel in Auckland, but as Australia's acting chief medical officer, Professor Michael Kidd says, it's not known at this stage how they contracted the virus. We've been advised by the New Zealand authorities that two more positive cases have been identified in New Zealand in people who had also been in hotel quarantine at the Pullman Hotel in Auckland. The situation is evolving rapidly. A decision on whether Australia will lift its travel suspension with New Zealand is expected sometime today. Meantime, the UK has moved to introduce an Australian-style hotel quarantine system. Boris Johnson has confirmed British citizens returning from high-risk countries must now isolate in hotels for 10 days at their own expense. Here is the British Prime Minister speaking in Parliament. We've also banned all travel from 22 countries where there is a risk of known variants, including uh, South Africa, Portugal and South American nations. And in order to reduce the risk posed by UK nationals and residents returning home from these countries, I can announce that we will require all such arrivals who cannot be refused entry to isolate in government-provided accommodation, such as hotels, for 10 days without exception. They will be met at the airport and transported directly into quarantine. The Department for Health and Social Care is working to establish these facilities as quickly as possible. Back home and world tennis champ Serena Williams has backed Tennis Australia's quarantine rules ahead of the Australian Open next month. Speaking from Adelaide, Serena told Stephen Colbert from The Late Show in the US that hotel quarantine is challenging, but it's the right thing to do. When we come here in Australia, everyone has to quarantine in a room for 14 days and it's insane and it's super intense, but it's super good because after that you can have a new normal like what we were used to last year this time in the United States. Um, so they, they're doing it right. And Australia has come in at eighth place in a list of countries around the world with the best response to the COVID pandemic. Researchers from the Lowy Institute tracked case numbers in almost 100 nations, as well as death and testing rates. New Zealand took out top spot, followed by Vietnam and Taiwan. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Thursday morning and firstly to Brisbane and grief has turned to anger after a horror crash that killed a young couple and their unborn baby. It's been revealed the 17-year-old charged with their murders was out on bail at the time. Our reporter Claire Sherwood has the details. Frustrated relatives and friends of a pregnant couple killed by an allegedly drugged teen driver in an out-of-control stolen car have gathered for a candlelight vigil in their honour. Kate Ledbetter and partner Matthew Fields were walking their dogs at Alexandra Hills on Brisbane's Bayside on Australia Day when the out-of-control land cruiser crashed and collected them both of them and their unborn baby dying at the scene. It's been revealed the 17-year-old alleged murderer was on bail at the time already, facing up to 50 charges, including evading police. 
A petition calling for tougher laws to protect the community from reoffending juveniles has gathered 12,000 signatures, while Queensland police say they're awaiting medical records relating to the couple's baby before possibly adding more charges against the teen. To Victoria and former Melbourne school principal Malka Leifer has arrived back in Australia to face court on 74 charges of child sexual abuse. A reporter, Eleanor Harrison-Dengate, has more. Well, it's been 13 years since Malka Leifer was last in Australia and six years since an extradition request was first lodged. She's accused of abusing three sisters during her time as headmistress at Elstonwick's Adas Israel School between 2001 and 2008. The 54-year-old will now face the Victorian judicial system, today expected to appear before the bail and remand court in a filing hearing. She has maintained her innocence during the drawn-out legal process. Perth's body in the bin mystery continues, but the victim has now been formally identified. It was a father who was known to police and he'd been reported missing. Our Perth reporter Adam Hemmings joins us and Adam detectives are planning to question the victim's family. Tash, it's a mystery that's gripping Perth. Police have confirmed the remains are those of 51-year-old Din Lam Nguyen. His body was discovered in a wheelie bin on Monday, which had been dumped at Glenbrook Dam inside John Forrest National Park, east of Perth. He was last seen at his Belga home last Wednesday and reported missing two days later, but police say nothing suggested he was in danger. Mr Nguyen's blue master is missing. Its registration is 1CWD761. Acting Detective Inspector Sean Wright says they'll be questioning Mr Nguyen's relatives today for clues. This person's a victim of crime and we're here to investigate his death and what caused it. And COVID restrictions are being lifted in Sydney from tomorrow after 10 days of no community transmission. Our reporter Siobhan Caulfield is in Sydney with the latest. Yeah, Tash, just in time to plan a house party this weekend. COVID restrictions are being lifted in Sydney from tomorrow. It means we can have up to 30 people gather in a household, up to 50 in an outdoor setting, while the number of people allowed at weddings and funerals can increase to 300. Masks will no longer be mandatory in supermarkets and shops, but they are still recommended, and we do still have to wear them on public transport at beauty salons and in places of worship. Now, authorities say the virus may actually be eliminated in New South Wales. We've gone 10 days without a locally acquired case, but the Premier is taking a cautious approach due to the threat of new virus strains from overseas. She also says if the case numbers stay zero or very low, restrictions will ease for hospitality venues and places of worship in two weeks' time. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Peter Switzer from switzer.com.au. Peter, good morning. Now, many employees are being encouraged to head back to the workplace, especially in the major cities around Australia. How has that affected the property market, especially with apartments? Well, we've seen that uh, inner city apartment rents in Melbourne and Sydney fell sharply over last year by 7.6% and 5.7% respectively as the flow of tourists and students ran dry and renters opted for the leafy suburbs and regions because of the coronavirus restrictions. Now, the nation's rental markets have diverged in response to the pandemic disruption across 2020. Meanwhile, CoreLogic data says house rents were up 3.3% collectively right across all combined capital city markets. But over the year, apartment rents fell 4.6%. And Peter, Wall Street is under attack from small investors. 
Yeah, well, Wall Street has always been made up of people who buy and hold stocks, traders who buy and sell often, and short sellers who look at a company, think it's overvalued, and then they try to sell the stock big time to bring its share price down. When they do this, they make money as others lose. Now, small investors chatting on Reddit are encouraging small investors to buy stocks the short sellers have targeted, and these small investors have not only raised the share price, they've forced the short sellers to buy to avoid losing money. A stock like GameStop in the US was first hit by short sellers, but after Elon Musk joined in with other Reddit readers, the stock price was up 93% on Tuesday and another 50% on Wednesday, and the short sellers are crying all the way to the bank. The involvement of Musk amplified the buying by small investors. And Peter, what effect have these developments had on Wall Street overnight and also, of course, our stock market? Yeah, well, before the close, the Dow Jones Index was down over 400 points, and market experts are partly blaming it on the speculative trading linked to Reddit. The fear is the hedge funds, which are big short sellers, could be bankrupted, which would lead the wider stock market to sell off. When these funds get into trouble, they will sell their stock, which will force share prices down. Interestingly, Michael Burry, the short seller, which the movie The Big Short was based on, tweeted that trading in GameStop is unnatural, insane and dangerous and there should be legal and regulatory repercussions. Interestingly, short sellers are renowned for creating reports on companies to spook the stock market so they can make money. So they are really copying some of their own medicine. I think there's another Hollywood movie in that. Peter, thank you. Cheers. Check sport with Brett Thomas and Brett Australia has named its squad for the tour of South Africa. Any surprises? Well, the surprise might be that we're actually going at Tash. In fact, it's not 100% locked in just yet, but they have named a 19-man test squad. Probably the biggest surprise, Matthew Wade dropped. You have to feel for him. Pushed up to open the batting for the first couple of tests against India. Had never done that in first-class cricket. Uh, Travis said then going out of the side when Matthew Wade was shuffled down. Well, he has lost his place for that tour of South Africa. Let's get an expert explanation from the chairman of selectors trevor hones in our view hasn't hasn't done enough he certainly hasn't done enough uh over probably quite a few test matches now uh, alex carey picked as uh, a backup keeper batsman to tim payne so tim payne also retaining uh, his place as the captain that was probably never really in doubt mark steckety uh, mitch swepson among some of the other players who uh, haven't got a baggy green yet but they will be going to south africa as long of course tash as the tour goes ahead Indeed, and Britta, so much controversy recently over the Australian Open. Any details now on what the crowd numbers could be? Yeah, 21 days now since a local virus case. There is some hope that we could see more fans uh, at the Australian Open. The actual number hasn't been decided on, but it's understood that Tennis Australia is hoping for 50% capacity for the tournament. Sports Minister Martin Pakula says that they're trying to strike the right balance. We'll work with, with tennis to get them the, the, the best crowd and the best configuration that we possibly can, subject to it being you know um, COVID safe and ticked off by the appropriate public health officials. And the players, not just in hard lockdown, but in hotel quarantine in Adelaide and in Melbourne, will start to be released tonight as well, Tash. And speaking of crowds, Brett, for the first time in almost 12 months, fans will be back at the footy. This is great news when the AFLW season kicks off tonight. Yeah, we've got a ripper too. Carlton Collingwood, two traditional rivals uh, in the AFL. And there is a bit of extra spice to this. Taylor Harris is the Blues superstar. Last year, she was told she's useless when the ball hits the ground by her opponent, Stacey Livingston. And she's hoping that they go head-to-head once again tonight. Obviously a boxer, so it's um, one of those one-on-one kind of build-up things. And yeah, I'm, I'm feeling great. So 
hopefully she's feeling good and it's a great contest. And just a quick NRL story before I leave, Tash. Moses Embai has given up the West Tigers captaincy. Really selfless move. Of course, they haven't made the finals in the past couple of years, but he feels that uh, the time is right for a change and he reckons that James Tamo, who came across from the Panthers, is the right man to take over that role. Oh, good on him. Brett, thank you very much. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details around the country now this Thursday morning. Firstly to Brisbane, shower or two expected with a top of 29, 24 and more showers on the way for Sydney today. A possible shower for Melbourne with a top of 27. Cooler day today for Canberra, shower or two on the way and a high of only 20 degrees. 19 the expected top today for Hobart and Cloudy. Late showers on the way and 31 for Adelaide. 31 degrees also expected this Thursday for Perth and rain with a possible storm on the way for Darwin and a high of 30 degrees. And it seems there's growing evidence that swearing may not be all that bad and could in fact be a sign of high intelligence. After studying swearing for 40 years, Professor of Psychology at the Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts, Timothy Jay, says expressing vulgar words has many advantages. He says research has shown well-educated people with extensive word usage were better at coming up with swear words than those who were less fluent adding knowing when and where to swear apparently shows higher social intelligence with people who choose colourful language usually also more creative and honest. And if you injure yourself or want a better workout, various studies show the more you swear, the easier it is to push through the pain barrier. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. Please rate and review and you can also follow us on your socials at Your Morning Agenda on Instagram. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.